us today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Isaiah chapter 63, verses 4 and 5. That's Isaiah chapter 63, verses 4 and 5. It says, I chose... I'm trying to preach, guys. What are you looking at? Oh, yeah. No, I don't. Thanks. Isaiah 63, verses 4 and 5. I chose a time to punish people. Now the time has come for me to save and protect my people. I looked around, but I saw no one to help me. I was surprised that no one supported me, so I used my own power to save my people. My own anger supported me. Everybody say it with me. Look. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word because it's life. We ask you to have your way in this house today. God, help us to look and see you. We give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Say it with me one more time. Look. So in the book of Isaiah, the prophet's writing, God is speaking, and God's saying, look, there was a time that I punished my people. How many of you are parents in here? Raise your hand. Did you ever have to punish your children? Wave your hand if you ever had to punish your children. Did you take great pleasure in punishing your children? <laughs> no, we, we, <laughs> I had one hand flying up. No, God, <laughs> I don't know. I think that was one of the children holding up his mom's hand. No. But the, we, we don't take pleasure in punishment, right? But punishment is meted out to correct and so God says, I punished my children. He said, but now I've come to save. And he said, I got it. I, I was amazed because when I looked around to try and find someone to help, I, I, was, I wondered that there was no one. So when God couldn't find anyone to help, when he looked, everybody say look. When he looked for someone to help and he could not find anyone, he just did it himself. How many of you know that God is the only one that can do it himself? Amen. If I say he is God, it doesn't help him be God. If I say he's not God, it doesn't stop him from being God. He's God all by himself. I, this scripture got me to thinking, I wonder how many times we found ourselves looking for some help. Any of you ever needed help before? You ever, you ever been looking for some help? I broke down on the side of the road one time, my brother, and I had a flat tire and no jack. And I thought, great. And here I am on the side of the road with no jack. I got a tire, but I got no jack. And I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, this lady pulls off the side of the road when I was looking for help. 
And she said, can I help you? And I said, ma'am, if you've got a jack, I said, it would be wonderful. And so she said, yeah, I've got a jack. And she opened her trunk and she proceeded to get her jack out of her car and go over to my car and jack my car up. And I, 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 I said, ma'am, I said, I, I can do this. No, no, I got this. I said, no, I, I can do this. She said, I got this. She jacked my, she broke loose the lugs on my car, <clears throat> took the wheel off. I'm standing on the side of the road with people driving back and forth, watching this man, uh, letting this woman uh, change his tire. And I thought, dear God, I hope nobody knows me. I th- I, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, I need some help, but I don't need that kind of help. And, and, and she, she gets my spare, and she, I said, here, I'll do it. No, no, I got it. And she takes the spare, and she grabs the spare, and she's trying to get it up and match the locks. I said, ma'am, let me do that. And so I got the wheel, lifted it up, got it lined up, and slid it back on, you know, and started doing, the, you know, tightening it up now that I had control. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she said, I'd like to think... I could have done that myself. And I smiled and I said, ma'am, I'm sure you could have. Help. See, at some point we all need some help. We look for help. Sometimes it's a situation like mine where I needed a tool I didn't have. Sometimes it may be a load that's too heavy for you to carry and you just need some help getting something in your house or in the back of your truck. For some, we need help with an answer. We're looking for answers, and we need help finding one. For others, we need help finding peace because confusion fills our life, and we're just looking for peace, and we're looking for help. And so we need to understand that there are some things that only God can help us with. When God couldn't find any help, he helped himself. We can't always do that, right? So since today is Mother's Day, I want to talk about mothers for a while because mothers can't help but help you. Can I get a witness in the house? Mothers are going to help you. They, they can't help themselves. That's part of their DNA. It's who God made them to be. They want to help. And a good mother is always looking for ways to help their children, right? Come run up here, Isaiah. You ever have one of these things where, you know, you're standing there with mom and your hair is a little out of place? And mom goes, oh, you got a cowlick back there. What is that on your face? (laughs) And mom doesn't care where she's doing it at. You can be in the middle of Walmart. Oh, you hold it, hold it. You got something right. People all around, you got something right there. Hold on. (laughs) Mom is wired, thank you. Mom is wired to help you. She wants to help you. And how many of you know that sometimes we need some help from mama? My mom helped my brother out. Daryl was, was a guy picking on Daryl up at the bus stop. They were just kids. And 
Daryl came home and found out that mom found out that you know this was going on and she's and, and Daryl got beat up and said well what happened Daryl he said well I said I, I the whole group of them jumped me when we started fighting he said that it was that one boy but all of his friends jumped on me she said okay Daryl it's going to be all right so loving mother should next morning mom got dressed and walked Daryl to the bus stop asked Daryl which boy was it and he pointed out the boy and mom said okay Daryl you go whip him and I'm going to make sure that nobody else jumps in my mom was a bear in disguise I was 40 years old when I was re around 40 years old when I was recounting a story of being at the dentist when I was 10 they were fitting me for a retainer my mouth is very small go ahead say something <laughs> my mouth is very small I don't my mouth is small I may have a loud voice my, my mouth is small this guy had a I don't know how many of you have ever been through this torture but they put putty on a plate and then they have to stick the plate in your mouth well my mouth was, was not opening big enough to get the plate in so he proceeds to take his fingers and pull my mouth apart and man I am I mean it felt like he was going to tear my mouth apart and I started oh, and all of a sudden he went slap me right across the face and I quit squirming and he ripped my mouth apart and shoved it in I never thought about it until I got in my 40s <laughs> we were sitting around a table at my mom's house and I was recounting that and telling that story and we'd been laughing you know and just cutting up and everything and when I told that story all of a sudden I watched my mom's countenance change and she went And then she looked right at me and said, Rick, how come you never told me about that? Who was that again? I thought, she's going to hunt this guy down, man. I'm praying he's gone or something, you know. I just, and I mean, boy, she just turned into that because mamas can't help but help. And good mothers help, right? Every mother isn't a good mother. I mean, I watched a video of a mom throw a, her baby in a dumpster tied up in a trash bag. And I thought, she needs help. And nobody's going to be able to help her but God. You see, moms have to come. It's hard for a mom to let go. Good moms know how to help. Great moms know when to let go. Great moms know when they can't help anymore. That's a bitter pill to swallow, folks. It's tough. I've sat with mothers that, were, that their children were grown, grown and they were struggling with drugs and they kept giving them money. And I said, Mom, you're not helping him. I said, you've got to let go. 
Good mothers always know how to help, but great mothers know when they have to let go and let God. Somebody say it with me. Let go and let God. There was a story of a young man. He fell off a mountain, and on his way down, he grabbed hold of a branch. It was dark. He couldn't see anything. He's got a hold of a branch hanging off the side of a mountain, and, and he starts screaming out for help. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Nobody answers. You know, Please, somebody help me. God, help me. And all of a sudden, he hears a voice, and he says, I'm here to help you. Who is it? He said, it's, it's God. God, is that you? Yes. You're going to help me, God? He said, yes. He said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to let go. Young man sat there for a while and said, is there anybody else up there? <laughs> let go. And in the darkness and through the boy's fear, he could not let go. He clung to that branch with everything he had all night long. When the sun came up, he discovered he was 12 inches off of the ground. God doesn't tell you to let go if he's not going to catch you. God's just saying, I need you to release. See, we don't see everything, but God does. We don't know everything, but God does. And God wants us to look to him. Everybody say, look. I thought about one mother that had done all. She, she was a wonderful mother. She loved her son. His, her name was Jochebed, and she fed her baby. She loved her baby. She nurtured her baby. She cared for her baby, and she hid her baby. Hid him for three months. And it finally came to the point that Jochebed realized, I can't help him anymore. I can't hide him anymore. Egypt had a law out that was requiring the death of every male child. She had hit him for three months, but now he was too old for her to hide him. And she went from being a good mother to being a great mother. And that's not always an easy transition because she made that basket and she lined it so it wouldn't leak and I wonder how her heart broke when she laid her baby in that basket and began to pray God keep your hand on my baby God I can't help him anymore but I know that you can God I'm releasing my son to you I'm asking you to take care of my baby boy and she put him in the Nile River and her baby boy wound up in the house of the enemy. And there, God caused the enemy to educate him, to feed him, to raise him. Matter of fact, he even became known as a prince of Egypt. <laughs> you see, when you give your child into the hand of God, God knows how to take care of them. Amen? I said God knows how to take care of them. Everybody say, look. Do you ever have a conversation like that where you're trying to explain something to somebody and they don't get it? 
And the conversation reaches that point where all of a sudden you go, look, very kind, very considerate. You know, isn't it amazing? Because I can say that word and just change your whole demeanor. Look, look. How are you? I'm looking, but it's the way I'm looking. Can I tell you this? That God has never looked for you with a scowl on his brow. He's never looked for you with animosity in his heart. He's never looked for you with a bend toward destruction. But when he looks to you, he said, come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. When he looks to you, he looks to you in the light of his love. Look. It's amazing, isn't it, what happens when we look in the right direction Jochebed looked to God, and God answered her prayer. But there comes a time in every child's life when mama isn't there to look for you anymore. And you have to learn how to look for yourself. Because we're all going to need some help. Everybody say, help. help. Beatles made a fortune off of that song. Help. We all need it, but we look in different directions for it, right? Some of us look to friends and family for help. Some of us look to doctors and lawyers. Some of us look to counselors and mentors. And some of us just look to ourselves. I can just do it on my own. I don't need your help. Go ahead, lift that 500-pound weight by yourself. So, and it, it, look, there's nothing wrong with looking to these people there's nothing wrong with even looking in your own hearts and looking to yourself to do some things but what you have to understand is there are some things that only God can help you with there are some things that you cannot help yourself that mama can't help you daddy can't help you your counselor can't help you your teacher can't help you your doctor can't help you your lawyer can't help only God can help you Moses reached that place he knew he had a loving mother but he knew at this stage in his life mama isn't the one that's going to be able to help me he had killed a man he's a fugitive running from the most powerful country on the face of the earth and he's in a desert place you ever been there you ever been to a place in your life where you feel like man I really screwed up you ever been to a place in your life when you thought like boy there's no hope for me now you hear me say all the time so this, I, it's so good that I'm not God because if I was God I'd given up on me a long time ago God doesn't give up and God knows Moses is in help, and it's not just Moses that's in help, I mean that's in need of help, but there's a whole nation in need of help by the name of Israel. Now, Moses doesn't feel like he's got anything to offer. Have you ever been there <laughs> where you feel like I've got nothing to offer anybody? I'm too young to do it. I'm too old to do it. I'm too brash to do it. I'm too meek to do it. Well, if you could figure out that you're not the one that's going to do it, <laughs> it'd help a lot. 
if you could figure out that it's not about us, but it's all about him. And so Moses is in this place, and he feels like I messed up everything, man. I, I, I have blown what the opportunity God gave me. And then all of a sudden, God shows up in the middle of nowhere. You ever have that happen to you? In the middle of your desert, in the middle of your mess, God just showed up. And when God showed up, he showed out. Pretty impressive, a burning bush. <laughs> I mean, and Moses sees it, and he starts to move closer to get a better what? Look. Everybody say look. And as he begins to approach it for a better look, God speaks to him, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. I want you to understand that God will always find you in your darkest hour. That God will come to you when you can't seem to find your way and he's just waiting for you to look toward him. Everybody say, take a good look. I, in Exodus, or rather in Isaiah 45 and 22, this is God speaking and God says, look to me and be saved. That's pretty impressive. Look to me and be saved. But that's not the end of it. It said, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. <laughs> Man, it's one thing for me to rescue you, but for me to rescue the whole world? I mean, that's, that's impressive. How many of you believe he can do it? Oh, no, no. Half of the three, a third of this congregation thinks he can do it. How many of you believe he can do it? Oh, no, no. I, I mean, if you really believe he can do it, I want to hear you. How many of you believe he can do it? Wow. Then when you need it, why are you so quiet? Yeah, I believe God. It's kind of like, you remember the story about Blondin walking over the Niagara Falls? He did a tightrope over the Niagara Falls. It's a true story. And everybody's yelling, Blondin, Blondin. Then he turns around and he grabs a wheelbarrow. And he says, how many of you believe I can walk this wheelbarrow over Niagara Falls? Yeah, Blondin, Blondin. He said, how many of you believe I can do it with someone in it? Yeah, Blondin, Blondin. I need a volunteer. <laughs> and finally... One guy got in the barrel and Blondin walked him across the falls. Would you have done it? No, because Blondin ain't God. <laughs> but can I tell you that with God, all things are possible. Amen. So God wants us to look to him. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. You, wait a minute, hold it. What are you doing? I'm doing transcendental meditation. Because I've heard, I'm going to, wait, hold it. I need to get my guide here. We need to get you a straitjacket is what we need to do. See, people search the world trying to find another way, and there is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get to the Father except through him. And the good news is, he's saying, look, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll do what? 
I'll give you rest. He's saying, look toward me. Sometimes, though, we need someone to help point us in the right direction. Anybody in here ever been lost? Let me ask this question. Any of you ever, anybody in here ever been lost and was too stubborn to admit that they were? Wave, and to, uh, wave your hand up. I see you right there. I relate with you, brother. How many of you have ever been lost and your dear loved one was trying to tell you the way to go? That works out great, doesn't it? We were in Colorado or Montana, maybe in Montana. We were, I know where we were trying to get, but I didn't quite know where we were. And we're going through Colorado, and as we go through Colorado... I can't let my southern come out. As we go through Colorado, all of a sudden, the GPS started saying, turn left here, turn left here. I took a glance out to the left of me. It was a skinny gravel road and mountains, and I'm on a highway, turn left here. And my lovely wife says, baby, you've got to turn here, you've got to turn here. I said, honey, I said, that's, uh, man, the GPS is saying turn here. I said, I don't care what the GPS is saying. I'm not turning. And it's a good thing I didn't because the GPS was wrong. <laughs> but there have been a few times in my life where she was right, and I hate that. See, none of us like to be told we're wrong. We're not doing it right. But if we could get rid of our pride and just get focused on, God, I just want to make sure I get this right. He'll speak to you. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been traveling and felt an unction of God, you need to check where you're going. On more than one occasion, I pulled into a gas station, a service station, and got out and went inside, and I said, I'm trying to get here, but I'm really not sure where I'm at right now. And they told me, well, you need to turn right here. God will try and get your attention as quickly as he can to keep you in the right direction. But sometimes pride gets in the way. Sometimes stubbornness gets in the way. And we don't listen. And we, we don't listen what happens. Trouble with the capital. Everybody say, look. I was working in a factory, and I did a, I had to do what was called a sparker test with this coil. It was armor cable. You know what I'm talking about? It's electrical wire that's wrapped in steel. And so I had a machine, and I would shoot high voltage through this machine into the wire. And it would tell you whether or not there was a nick in the insulation. If there was a nick, it would kick off. The box would go, and I would know that the wire was no good. So I'd put it aside. If there was no nick in the insulation, you had to make sure that you took the wire and grounded it out because if you didn't, it was going to pop you. 
And I'd been popped a few times. And so I had a man that, I was, that was down there that was older than I was, but he'd never worked that. And I told him, I said, you need to make sure that you grind that, ground that out before you go to tie it so you don't get popped. He said, I hear you guys say all, that all the time. And he said, that wire cannot hold a charge. I said, what? He said, that wire can't hold a charge. It's not connected to anything. You, you guys are just making that stuff up. It's in your head. I said, no, I'm telling you. You can't. And I said, okay, look. And so I, 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 I put some juice to it. I said, look. I put some juice to it, and I said, now touch it. Did you, you feel it pop you a little bit? And he goes, he, he grabbed it, and he said, if I felt it pop me, would I be holding on to it? I said, look. I charged it up. And I said, touch it now. And he goes, I'm telling you, this is not going to, pow! I said, did it bite you a little bit? He looked at me and said, well, it's because I was standing on that extension cord. It's a true story. <laughs> I said, get off the extension cord and let's do it again. He wouldn't do it. Hard-headed. Anybody ever been there? Turn around and look in the mirror. And say, you hard-headed person, you. We've all been there at times. But what I'm saying is this, is that God wants to rescue us. He's coming for us. So John comes out, a bunch of hard-headed folks out in the wilderness. They come out. John's been preaching to them. And they said, well, you that prophet. Who are you? And he said, no, I'm not. I'm not the Messiah. And then all of a sudden, one day, John's standing out there, and people are coming, and he catches a look of Jesus. At, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And what John did in that moment is he said, it's not about me, folks. It's all about him. The moment we can discover it's not about my heartache, it's not about my disappointment, it's not about my disillusionment, it's not about broken promises or it just wasn't fair. It's all about him. And once you look to him, no matter where you're at, he'll navigate your way home. Everybody say, look. Jesus, or Peter, is walking down the street, and there's a man that's been lame there forever. From the time he was born. Peter walks by, and he's begging and asking for alms. And Peter says, look on us. What's he doing? He's saying, I, I want to point you in the right direction. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus. What's he doing? He said, look at us so I can point you to him. <laughs> and then later when the crowd gathers and they see this lame man walking and, 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 and they're all wondered and they run up to Peter and John and they're like, whoa. And Peter says, man, what? why are you looking on us like we made that man no you need to look at him everybody say it's all about where you're looking 
people get in accidents when they don't look when you pull out in an inner man I've come close a few times so I had looked but then I needed to look again John had looked but Jesus told John's disciples show John again tell him to take another look I know you're disappointed I know you can't figure out why you're in prison I know that your circumstances are not what you want but I'm telling you don't let your circumstances rob your focus keep looking at me and I'm going to get you where I promised you just look in Acts 4 and 12 he declares that neither is there salvation in any other for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved we got to look Jesus comes to them and he said look look <laughs> seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all this other stuff will be added to you would you stand with me all this other stuff will be added to you so my question to you today is what is it you're looking for because whatever you're looking for comes your way when you start looking to him. Look. Don't you love gifts? Do I have to wait till Christmas to get one? Somebody said, I wish every day was like Christmas. No, you don't because you'd begin to take for granted that special feeling you get. Back in the year 2000, I had an encounter with God. It was different than anything I'd ever had before. I'd get up to try and preach and just break down and start to cry, and I thought, man, I'm not going to last as an evangelist if I can't get a message out. But something unique was happening during that time. People would start running to the altar. And I hadn't even preached. And I thought, God, I, I'd go into a public place and have my head down. I remember being in a chiropractor's office and waiting for them to come in and put the stuff on my back. And I had my head down. And all of a sudden, I felt this wave come over me. And I saw it. I literally said, God, God not here. And tears started dripping on the floor, and I thought, what am I going to say to these folks? And maybe it was just God trying to get me to say, look to him. Look to him. Maybe it was I'd said enough. Maybe that's why I couldn't preach when I got in a pulpit. Maybe God was just saying during this season, I just want you to look to him. During this, I need you to look to me. That lasted for about 10 months. And then all of a sudden, I felt it start to fade. And I went running to him. I said, God, why can't I have this all the time? And this is what I heard, because you're not able to sustain it. How do you know? that you don't have to fear when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death if you're never in it? How do you know that he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals, 
if you're never sick. Debbie used to sing a song, I've never seen a rainbow till after the rain. And I've never known God's healing power till I felt the pain. I've never seen a sunrise till after the night. And I've never known a victory till after the fight. Somebody say, just look. <laughs> God has got you covered. Just look. How many of you are ready today to take a good look? How many of you are ready today to see God work in your life? How many of you are ready for God to rescue your life? Or mama, you're in here and you've got kids and they're away from God. And, and, and we know how, we know what they ought to do, but we can't make them do it, right? We try at times, we want them to do, we tell them, but good mothers help their children, but great mothers know when to let go. Everybody say, let go and let God. So I'm going to do something a little different right now. It's Mother's Day, and there's nobody in here that doesn't have or didn't have a mother. So on behalf of all the mothers, I'm going to ask you to come to the front of this building because I want to act on behalf of your mothers. Would you come right now, just as quick as you can? I don't want to put you on a guilt trip. But if you love mama. Some of you had great mothers. Some of your mothers didn't know how to be a mother. That doesn't mean... Maybe I ought to clarify something. A mother's capacity to love comes from God. God made the mother, and he put every attribute that's likened to himself in her to be able to help her children. Now, sometimes mamas don't look to God, and so mama gets lost and undone, and if she can't help herself, how is she going to be able to help you? But in the midst of this, there is a God that not only loved your mother, but loves you. And I'll take you one further. There's a God that when your mother didn't know how to love, he just bypassed her and loved you anyway. Said, don't. Don't focus on her, focus on me. Because I'm going to love you, and then maybe you'll be able to show her how to love. My mom loved me, but my mom never told me about Jesus. I don't know why. I found out later in life that she knew. She never told me. I think maybe it was because of the experience she'd had at home when it came to 
church and Jesus and she didn't want that kind of experience for her son. Do you know what God did? God just stepped right around my mama and said, I know she hasn't told you about me, but I'm going to tell you about me. And there came a point in my life where I got to baptize my mama. (laughs) Look, there's nothing he can't do. Look, there's no problem that you're facing that's so big that he can't handle it. There's no giant that you're facing that he can't take out. He'll use you. But all he's going to give you is laying in a stone because he doesn't want you to think you've got the job done yourself. God knows how. So as you stretch your hands to heaven today, I wonder if you would pray this prayer with me. Look, God, here I am. And there's so many times that I I get it wrong. God, I want to get it right. You told me that if I looked to you, I would be saved. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for saving me, for rescuing me. But now, God, I want you to use me to show someone else. Let them look to me so I can point them to you. I give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. If if if, If you've got loved ones in here or they're not here and they're lost and undone, you know the best thing you can do for them? Don't act depressed around them. When, they sit, when you're around them, you need to have the biggest smile on your face, a song in your heart, and a skip in your step. And when they say, what's all that about? I said, man, I love him, and he loves me. I can't help myself. I, I can't help myself. You know what I used to, you know what I, I was doing this morning? And I tried to find you, and you were gone. I woke up with a song on my heart, and man, I just went in my office and started singing, and it sounded great. You just asked God. He thought it was wonderful. Let him be the source of your joy, the source of your strength, the source of your hope, and the source of your help. (laughs) Because he's able. All right, one more time before we walk out of here. On three, I want you to shout it. One, two, three, look. We were off just a little. I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself. You ready? One, two, three, look. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. God bless you. Spend some time today with your family.